My name is Joe Valley. I've been self-employed since 1997. I've built, bought, and sold over a half dozen companies. And this is the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. What's up, Joe? Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I'm super excited to talk to you. You have, uh, you're the leader of Quiet Light Brokerage and co-owner. You're the author of the book, The Exitpreneur's Playbook, How to Sell Your Online Business for Top Dollar, host of the Quiet Light Podcast. And uh, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So just to give our listeners some context, I want to start with just you kind of rapid fire telling us how does your business work? What do you sell to who, how, um, what sparked you creating it and what has been your growth like? Sure. Uh, so the company was actually launched in 2007 by my business partner, Mark Doust. I joined the company in early 2012 after selling my own e-commerce business through the company. I enjoyed it so much, loved the process. I joined in 2012 and Mark and I are now business partners. We help people understand the value of their most valuable asset, their business, and have an eventual exit when they're ready, when the time and price is right for them. We don't sell, we don't pitch, we just help. It's a strange philosophy, philosophy, but the more people we help, yes, the more it helps our business. Um, growth, my goodness, uh, off the charts, right? This is the online world, it's growing naturally. Um, and uh, with the you know growth of Amazon, there's a segment of our business that's growing dramatically as well. We'll probably have um, 100% year-over-year growth from 2020 to 2021. And prior to that, uh, every year was 30, 40, 50% year-over-year growth, all the way back to 2012. So how exactly does your business make money? Is it like commissions off of sales of businesses or what is what is it? Yeah, we've got a success-based fee. So we don't charge anything along the way. If we work with you and we successfully sell your business, we earn a fee for that. Awesome. Um, and you wrote the book, The Exitpreneur's Playbook. And um, what's what's interesting to me is you talk about, okay, how, like, how to, like, how should somebody be running their business in such a way that it's going to sell later on down the road? And also just like, you talk about a number of different things. One of them is how to value the business. Um, I'm curious, this is, so this podcast, the majority of people that would be interested in listening to the show are folks like me pretty early in the, in the business. Like we're not entrepreneurs. We have a business. It's got customers, like things are working, but we're still just figuring everything out. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering in your opinion, how should somebody in this stage be thinking about an exit or like planning for an exit. Like, like we're not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking, how do I run a profitable business? How do I yeah. grow? Yeah. And it, you know, the old saying that you should be, you know, thinking about your exit the day you start your business is complete, not a crap, right? We're just trying to keep the wheels on the bus, trying to be profitable, trying to figure out how to get that next customer and, and, and pay for that inventory or next customer service person that we need to bring on. You're trying to survive. So thinking about your exit that early on doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the purpose of the book is to help people sort of shift their mindset from entrepreneur to exitpreneur. Because the truth of the matter is that you're going to make more money for the, for the most part. Most people are going to make the vast majority of their money the day that they sell the business versus the day, you know operating it. And I give an example in the book of, of four years of running a physical products company. Um, and decent margins, good profit, and 
you know, selling it for a million dollars after four years. And the, the net after-tax money there is about $675,000 versus the net cash flow tax, uh, after-tax money for operating the business, which is about 195000 So you make an awful lot more by selling the business. So a lot of people think now in terms of being an entrepreneur is, uh, I'm first, you're an entrepreneur and you're not going to want to do something for a long time. You're going to get bored, these shiny objects, so you're going to move on to something else. But can you sell the business for maximum value, put some money aside for a nest egg, retirement, kids college, and then start your next adventure. And it's always more exciting as entrepreneurs to start something new, but a little less bootstrapped with more money in the bank and a lot more security and a lot more experience and knowledge as well. So I want to shift people's mindset from entrepreneur to entrepreneur. But when you decide to really start thinking about it beyond reading the book, right? Having a conversation with me or anybody on my team, it's, it, you know, it, it takes time and most people don't want to do it to me. And that's why I had to write this because, you know, I think I talk about the numbers. I've had one-on-one -on -one conversations well over 5,000 times, 5,000 individual entrepreneurs in the last five years or, or nine years. And I'm barely scratching the surface because so many people fear talking to an advisor or broker for fear there's going to be a fee or fear they're not big enough or fear that they're going to try to talk them into signing an engagement letter and selling their business. So I'm trying to you know, help people overcome those fears with a book. All the details are in there, but you got to start thinking about it um, two, three years in advance is ideal, right? And, and the way to do it is simply you could start now and say, all right, look, I want to sell my business for X amount of dollars in the second quarter of 2024. Okay, well, that's a goal. How do you reverse engineer path to that? And that's what the details of the book are to give you that training. I like to call it training instead of planning because you got to train for this. It's, 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 and planning is boring, right? Nobody wants to do that. But you can pick it up in bits and pieces and sort of reverse engineer path to that goal. And then in Q2 of 2024, if you're there, you've reached your goals and you want to exit, you can. But if you still love your business, you just push the goalpost down. You raise the number and, and keep it another year, two, three, four, whatever works for you. Do you find it hard to shift people's mindset from entrepreneur to exitpreneur? No, generally they they're already there. They just don't have the title of exitpreneur. That, you know, when I'm by the time I'm having conversations with them, um, they're understanding that the burnout factor in running your own business is high. Uh, there are certain people that will say, "I'm never selling this business. I'm going to keep it forever." And I say, "Cool, good for you," but you are going to pass it on to your kids. Uh, or your wife, or something along the lines, and you are going to die. And it's better to put the business in a good position so there's value and structure when you're moving, when you're when you're passing it on, than just sort of working your whole life and and letting it die on the vine as you get older because you're just tired of it. There's value there, and you've worked hard for that value. Earn money all along the way, but exit if you can. What kind of business is the typical? Uh... Like what kind of business is it? Is the typical entrepreneur that you're talking to running? Um, they're running a SaaS business. They're running a content business, a service business, a physical products yeah. business, um, yeah. FBA business, whatever it might be. All sorts. Of, I'm all curious sorts of why it is that so many entrepreneurs are already with the mindset of like, I'm going to build something and sell it because that's never been my mindset. That it's. There's, the burnout factor is high, especially when they're, they're selling physical products, right? Um, when it comes to physical product businesses, sometimes the passion for the actual product is not there. 
right? Yeah. So somebody selling grilling aprons on Amazon, they're excited to be an entrepreneur. They're becoming an entrepreneur for that freedom and flexibility, not necessarily because of a passion for the product. You may have a passion for children's books. Somebody else may not have a passion for the physical product. And so they're, they're competing against very cutthroat people. They're importing from China or somewhere overseas. There's a ton of working capital in that inventory, yet they're not taking that much cash out of the business. I sold a business recently for about two and a half million dollars. And uh, they went from zero to about five million in revenue in three years. And we sold it for about two and a half million. Um, during that time period, they hardly took any money out of the business because it was growing so quickly. They just had to keep buying more and more inventory and they were just so leveraged. The risk wasn't worth the reward. Now they've got two more businesses. They understand what they do a lot better. Their margins are better and they're keeping it balanced and they've got a ton of money in the bank. They're debt free and the kids college is paid for. So it, it's worth selling sometimes and sometimes it's just not right. If you love what you do um, and you're, you're helping a lot of people and it fills your cup and helps you live the life you want to live, then don't sell it. Some businesses are not sellable. If you're the key driver of the business, if you're the name, you're the face, you're doing the creative work and it's not transferable to a new owner, you don't have a sellable business anyway. So you may be in a position where you've never thought of it because it's not really a sellable business. Yeah. Do you think it's a mistake that I don't have this serial entrepreneur mindset and thinking like I'm going to build something and sell it? No, I don't. No, there's, I don't know if there's a mistake there, right? Uh, um, there will come a day with most entrepreneurs. And that's the thing. We, we think we can do just about anything. And that is a driving factor as to why we're entrepreneurs and what helps us be successful. It's also a driving factor to, uh, you know, us taking it too far and promoting ourselves to our own level of incompetence. You get to that point and you, you really need to move on and, and transition the business to someone else. I, I, I think that it's different for each individual person and you have to assess, you have to really look inside yourself and what, determine what fills your cup and what your competencies are and if, if running your business in the way it's operated today satisfies you personally, emotionally, financially, um, stick to it. Life changes quickly though. So, you know, partnerships fall apart. Half the people in this country get divorced, people get sick uh, and industries change. So I think it's good to be prepared for all of that just in the event of, and it's not, hard work to prepare for it. It's just understanding what, what needs to be done so that if you do wake up someday, you're not saying, I want to sell. I'm, I, I'm so stressed out. I, you don't want to decide to sell. You want to, you want to sort of thought, think that through and plan it out. And you can always push when you're going to sell down the road and kick it down the road a little bit. So I, it's not a mistake, but someday you may wake up and go, oh, I wish I had done that. You may never wake up with that, but uh, I would certainly noodle on it because if you're building something that has value, you as an entrepreneur may want to take on another adventure someday. You know, if your podcast takes off and you're living off of sponsorship money, there's no overhead. All you do is talk into a microphone, right? 
it's yeah. it's it's a lot less risk than than building a product and dealing with customers and things of that nature. You you may change your mind as you get older. I think what could happen is I could become tired of the challenges of running. So it's a service business. I have to I have to constantly expand to handle uh, new cust like the new amount of customers, mm-hmm. and um, that could wear me out. Like that yeah. aspect of it, I have no passion for. <laughs> Look, I run a service business as well, and you know, at one point we said. 10 advisors, that's it. Let's not do any more. 10 million in transaction value for one listing. Let's not go any higher than that. Now we've got 15 advisors and we just signed an engagement letter for $350 million. It's an outlier. The average is more like 1.7, 1.8, highest 25 before that. And we have to figure out our own levels of incompetencies. Do we want to bring in HR people? Do we want to deal with that hassle and headache and lose some of the culture and freedom and flexibility just because we want to continue running this business or do we want to move on to our next adventure, at least partially, maybe have some people operate it and we're just strategic advisors. Maybe that's your next role. You get to get it to a certain point. This guy named Johnny, we sold a business for recently. Um, He knew that he could get his business to $20 million in revenue. He also knew that that business could easily do a hundred million in revenue, but he knew he wasn't the guy for it because there needed to be international logistics and warehouses and lots of thoughts of working capital. So Johnny sold 75% of his company and kept 25 and rolled 25 into the, into the new company where there's new operators. They're doing the grunt work and the grinding out of the daily stuff that Johnny didn't like and he wasn't competent at in order to get it to 100 million, but he's still on board. He's a strategic advisor, which gives the buyer comfort and Johnny will have a second exit someday. And that second exit will probably be larger than the first because it's not going to be sold when it's doing 20 million in revenue. It's going to be sold when it's doing 100 million in revenue. So yeah, there's lots of different oh, paths you can take. I wonder, as you're saying this, the, what I think about is, I don't know how, I know that you've worked with Scribe Media. I don't know how much you know about their story, but there's Tucker Max, the guy that started it. And then yeah. he doesn't run the company now. Uh, the company's run by, uh, I think his name is JT, or at least that's what he goes by. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I could see doing something like that where it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm getting this thing started. Nobody else has created a business that turns industry leaders into kids book authors. It's an awesome premise. I'm going to start it, but I don't have necessarily a passion for running it long-term, but I love what I personally get value out of is I love the books that we're making. Like, mm-hmm. cause I'm a kid's book author at heart. That's what I am at heart. Not, I don't think that I'm a CEO at heart. Right. I think that I'm a kid's book author at heart. So I get a huge amount of personal joy when I see the kid's books that we're making and, I, and I'm going, I'm going to get to share these with the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's the challenge. You just said, you don't think you're a CEO at heart and that's not a problem as long as your business stays a certain size. But if you're really successful at what you do, people will want your services. You'll be forced to grow. You'll be pulled in a direction where you thought you'd never want to go. And that means you have to grow up, right? You have to grow up in business and become that CEO that you didn't ever have training for, you didn't go to school for, you didn't you know, work for a great CEO that taught you the ropes. You just bootstrapped something, had a great idea, grew it, and all of a sudden the world wants it and now you have to be something that you may not want to be. And so that could be 
Tucker situation, and he made a really smart move, continuing to enjoy his life and do the things he loves while still benefiting from the company that he started. Um, and you may have to do that someday as well. I may have to do that someday as well. And my business partner and I, you just, you just never know. So being prepared for that, getting trained for it, getting your business at some point will very likely be your most valuable asset. But if I ask you how much your car is worth, you can tell me within five or 10%. You could tell me how much your car or your condo or your house or your retirement fund is within five or 10%. Most people are just like shooting in the dark on the value of their business and what brings value and what plummets value. And it's a shame because it's their most valuable asset. You know, if I ever sell this business that I'm operating now, the, the, the sale of it will dwarf what I've made in the six other companies that I've operated, right? It'll dwarf what I've made running this company. Yeah. So it's, it's great to prepare for that just in case and get knowledge. It's incredibly motivating, right? I've had so many calls with, with entrepreneurs where, you know, they think they want to sell, they're tired, they're burned out and they want to move on. And then we go through the, the details of their business, the pros, the cons, the growth opportunities, the risk, the rewards, the transferability, the current value. And if you'd only done this, that, and the other thing, the value would be here. Maybe you want to wait another six or 12 months a lot of them do. A lot of them get so excited and motivated now they understand the value. Those, you know, bad days, yeah. bad moments in the day that we talked about earlier yeah. uh, before we started recording, those get a lot easier. You get over those and around those and, and you get really motivated and excited because you're working towards a goal. That's the key thing. You got to have a goal. You got to work towards that. Yeah. Um, is there a commonly held belief about how to value uh, an agency business that you passionately disagree with, or do you have a, like a specific opinion about how to value an agency? No two businesses are alike. So if somebody says there's one way to do evaluation for an agency, I would uh, argue against that because not all agencies are the same. You know, we're an agency, right? We're doing, uh, we've got a relationship with somebody that's got an agency and we're looking at the growth and 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 the staff and the structure and the opportunity, and it's going to be valued slightly differently than another agency. There's not one way. I would just say that. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, we're almost out of time, Joe, and we didn't get to the purpose section of the conversation, but I would love to just ask you as an entrepreneur, what do you believe is your legacy or what you're living your life for? Well, you know, early on to me as an entrepreneur, it was to make money. It was to be independent and live the life I wanted to live. And as I matured it, as an entrepreneur, it turned into how many customers can I help? You know, and that became even more prevalent when I joined the team at Quiet Light and Mark and I became partners. Uh, the legacy that I hope I would leave behind between Quiet Light and the Expertner's Playbook is that I made a dramatic difference in people's lives in understanding the value of what they have and eventually exiting those people that have the you know the 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 fire method right they want to retire early something like this is exactly the path that they can take and i'll help some of them achieve that in ways that they didn't realize they could because they'll be able to exit with comfort with uh, money in the bank sleeping better at night good deal structure all that stuff as a kids book author i believe that part of leaving a legacy is reaching the hearts of kids just out of curiosity, what's a topic or idea you'd make a kid's book about if you could? It would be about being an entrepreneur, no question. 
Yeah. I bet there's there. I actually know for a fact that there are not enough kids books about entrepreneurship because I wrote one and it's like the, one of the only ones that I can find. There's, <laughs> there's this, there's this other great one. That, therefore, oh, therefore I, it's oh, the best one too, right? <laughs> there's this, uh, there's this book called kidpreneurs and this thing is amazing. The problem is it's a workbook. That's not really a problem. There's a great mm -hmm. reason to have a workbook that you can give your kids. But there, there aren't necessarily great kids books that are highlighting what entrepreneurship is and like showing that to kids. So that's you been. Gino yeah. Wickman wrote a book called The Entrepreneurial Leap. Gino is uh, the author of Traction and whatnot, but he wrote something that's probably more for high school students and, and college. It's an actual book. It's not a kid's book, illustrations yeah. and things of that nature. But, you know, a combination of those two things would be great for the kids that are, you know, six to 16. Agreed. Joe, it's been really fun talking to you. Everyone should check out your book, The Exitpreneur's Playbook. Is there anything else you'd like listeners to do? Uh, just be good people, right? Help <laughs> others. The more people you help, the more it's going to help you, the more it's going to help your business and, and, and your business is going to grow. Simple as that. Agreed. Thanks so much for being on my show. You bet.